Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Talking about interpersonal relationships. And of course, if you were here last Sunday, Apostle Scales, was, he, he broached it, talking about you know offense and stuff like that. So we're going to stay in that vein on that same um, space as you know interpersonal relationships. Um, when Pastor Bill asked me to um, speak today, uh, normally he, I'll ask him, he'll just send me a topic or he'll say, you know, whatever, you know, whatever's on your heart, son, whatever. But to this time, he like, he sent me like a half a paragraph. And I was like, this is, this is pretty wordy. <laughs> but what he was basically um, reminding me of is that he said, we don't very often have a lot of vertical problems, right? This thing with us and God, we can... We can rectify a lot of stuff. It's the horizontal that the issue comes in. Like we have, like it's, it's just tough. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I don't like y'all most of the time. I just don't, like y'all get on my, no. no. <laughs> Somebody might be like, yeah, they get on my nerves. But it is, it's, it's tough. And, and as um, Elder Ray alluded to earlier, if it, if it was God's purpose that we didn't deal with each other, when you got saved, he'd have just taken you. He'd have just translated you out. And as we got saved, we'd just step off the planet into eternity. And we would never have to deal with each other. But if we sit in here now, it's proof that that's not true. So if we're going to be here, we may as well just rally, right? We may as well just be the best us we can be. So today, the, um, my topic is all in together, um, making one another better. Um, I know, I know my brother-in-law can appreciate that because I tell you, as soon as I, as soon as the, as soon as all in together came to my, like, that's Wu Tang. Um, <laughs> if you're not a, uh, if you're in a certain age range, you can't even appreciate the the, the reference. And, I, and, and in my head, then I was like, that's bad that Wu Tang is in my sermon. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, as I said earlier, too, um, if you are of a certain age range, um, I erroneously told people I'll be 50 tomorrow. I guess when you get old, you forget how old you're going to be. Sometimes you want to forget, but I won't be 50. I'll be 49 tomorrow. Right. So what I said I was going to do, since I mistakenly said I'll be 50, when I turn 50, I'll still be 50. When I turn 51, I'll say, I, you owe me a year. Since I mistakenly said I was 50 when I was 49. And then we'll catch up at 52. <laughs> you like that? Okay, I'll stick with it. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a backstory. So, if you have a certain age range, you remember a television show by the name of the Six Million Dollar Man. Tate was like, yeah, I like Six Million Dollar Man. We don't, I'm not sure why the Bionic Woman happened, I guess. They was trying to work on gender equality even then, you know, but anyway. So if, if most of you have seen it, you know, if you can remember, it, you know, the beginning they showed this hard crash, you know, the, the capsule crash lands, and then you hear this voiceover, and the man says, Steve Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. It's a gentleman, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. 
We have the capability to build the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man, better than he was before. Better, stronger. Thank you, Mr. T. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. T. He got it. He gonna go home and try to find it on Netflix. Like, Steve, baby, where that fire stick? We gotta find it. Excuse me now, man. And, and when I was, as I was last night, up last night kind of trying to fit everything together, that, this came to my mind. I thought, oh, I see the through line, oddly enough. So this is, this is how I saw it as it applies to the body of Christ, right? It's, it's relationships barely alive. But we can rebuild them. We have the technology. We can make these relationships better than they were before. Better and stronger. Maybe not faster, but we can get the better and stronger, right? So all in together today, we're just talking about how can we make one another better? We spend a lot of time, and, and it's not necessarily wrong, but we spend time trying to figure out how can I make me better? You know, we change our dietary habits. We change uh, jobs or locations or different things like how can, I'm just I, I need to be a better me I need to be a better me like we hashtag him living my best life now right like hashtag I'm like and that's great but how can I make you better what can I do to make you better and we're just going to run through um, five points we're going to run through five points right quick you know it would seem like it would be a simple thing for us to just get along but it's not no. And, I, and this, as, as a reference point, I'll say this. You know how you use that phrase? You had how many jobs? You had one job. Have you ever driven past a sign on a business and said that to yourself? You had one job. Your only job was to arrange the letters in the order the words going, and you couldn't get that done. You had one thing. What, is, what does that even say? It seems like, oh, it's so simple, we just get along, but I've driven past a lot of signs. I've driven past church signs, like, what? <laughs> Did you mean to put that up there? That's, I, I, remember, I remember this one church, I promise you, it says something about, it was trying to reference, I think, perseverance, and it says something about gardens and hoes, or keep hoeing. Yeah, it, said, it actually said something like keep hoeing. I was like, I just wanted to ring the doorbell, like, ding. Who's the sign person? Because I see where you're going with that, but when you say keep on hoeing, I'm thinking somebody might take you literally. And how wonderful is it to say, stop, I'm not making this up. This was actually a church sign. How, and just, I'm just thinking about this, somebody's like, I can't believe you still out there living. No, 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 the Lord gave me a sign. I drove by the church and said, keep on home, and I thought God is pleased with my life. You had one job, right? <laughs> I didn't remember that at 8 o'clock, Alfie. I promise. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a liar. I actually so that. So it's making one another better, right? So five things. We're going to be in Romans. We're going to be in Hebrews. We're going to be in Ephesians. And we're going to be in Colossians in that order. So the one of the, let's, let's do a, an overarching thing, right? So I say the overarching thing that we can do to make one another better is we can just, we can love one another. 
Now, that sounds, again, we're talking about how simple that is. Romans 12.10 in the CSB says it like this. It says, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. If I'm not incorrect, a few verses back, it says, love, let love be without hypocrisy, right? In the, who's holding the King James in your hand right now? On your, okay. If you're in that verse, Romans 12, 10, if I'm not incorrect, let and be are italicized. The reason that let and be are italicized is because it doesn't exist in the original manuscript. And it was the translator's way of helping us to flesh out what the writer was trying to say. So if you remove those two words, it changes from a passive to an imperative. It goes from let love be without hypocrisy to love without hypocrisy. We gotta, and, and no deep love is fake. You can't love deeply and love fake at the same time. So in order for us to, to make one another better, I gotta love you and I gotta love you for real. As I said early this morning, and Darius was joking about something, look, I would rather you just be dead, just, yo, be frank with me. I'll rock with you. Good. I love that. Don't pretend you love me and you don't. Because this is, I didn't think about this early, Alfie. If you pretend to love me and I think you love me and you don't, I'm going to come to you when I need something. And you're not going to be available. Because you never loved me in the first place. It was surface at best. It was, it was, I said, you know, when we were in Blaze, I used to always, you know, I was always, me and my wife were always trying to be accessible to the kids, Tierra. And I said, you know, hey, take my number, take Miss Chris's number. If you ever need to reach out to us or, you know, um, maybe follow you on social media. And sometimes they would kind of look at me, sound, I'm like, okay, well, maybe we just Sunday friends. And if we just Sunday friends, let me know. I don't want to intrude on your Monday through Saturday. Just give me my couple hours on Sunday and I'm fine. But the problem is, there's too much of that going on. Too much Sunday love. But Monday through Saturday, is nothing happening. Because we'll say, well, you know, I'm a private person. We're private people. And I just don't want anybody. People just want to get in your business. But if you have a need, that is your business. If you don't connect with me, I don't know you have a need because I'm not in your business. I can't help meet the need that is your business if you're not connected. If I don't love you, if we don't love each other enough to, listen, I have to love you enough to want to come in, and you have to love me enough to let me come in. You have to love enough to allow somebody to get into your space. Listen, it is absolutely true that you can't tell everybody everything, but you got to tell somebody something. And deep love, it says love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. There's, there's a space, y'all. That I can't make you better. You can't make me better. If we don't start here, like, I got to love you. And listen, this doesn't mean we just, we hanging out. We going to Cancun together. If you want to take me to Cancun, that's fine. (laughs) But that's not what it means. It just means, it means when I see you and I look you in the face and I say, hey, how you doing today? I'm not asking you so you can say blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I got two, I got two my <laughs> alumni, they'll tell you, if I, if I have to ask you twice, something's up, because I saw something. But watch this, I can't see that unless I love you. If I don't love you, I let you pass me by. How you doing? I'm good. Okay. Go get this, but whoa, 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 whoa. How you really doing? And then in those moments, I have experienced it more, more times than I can count. You see the countenance change, and it's 
I'm going through something right now. And, and, and all I could feel is if it happens to me, I think, man, you love me enough to stop me. You love me enough to dig just a little bit. But if that's how we become better. We become better by, I love you for real. I don't pretend, I don't fake. If I don't like you, I don't like you. And, and I know it's difficult to tell people you don't like them because we think that doesn't make us good Christians. It actually makes you a great Christian if you have the level of honesty and emotional integrity to say somebody, I don't, I, we don't mesh. Well, what's wrong with me? Maybe nothing, but just, we just don't mesh because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But why would you want to drag out a fake friendship for six or seven years when you really don't like them? And then they find out because they overhear a conversation. Or they accident, you, or you accidentally, oh, you accidentally text them when you want to text somebody else. <laughs> Skirt! Now, see, now we got calm. Now we got real conflict. When I could have just been like, hey, you know, no new friends. <laughs> We good, but we gotta. We, we have to make sure that we're loving each other deeply. Um, it can't be surface. It can't be sterile. Listen, listen. Love is messy. Real love is messy and it's convoluted and it's chaotic sometimes, but it's beautiful in its chaos. And I promise you, if, if we could just find one other person to love like that, and I'm not talking about a spouse or a child, one other brother or sister in Christ to love that deeply, you have just Listen, because if I make you better, you make me better, then we become agents of better. And then we go and make other people better. They go and make people other, other better. And it's like the old shampoo commercial, and then so on and so on and so on, right? Everybody, she laughs, I'm dating myself. <laughs> A lot of stuff in my head. So loving each other. Number two, let's go right quick, number two. Romans, same exact scripture. Romans 12, 10, this is the B cause. A says, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. The CSB says, outdo one another in showing honor. This is the part, and as I said earlier today, I, am, I know I'm, 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 I'm failing here. I'm not going to couch it in some, I'm failing here in, in, in some areas of my life. But here's what it says. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is, how do I make, how do we make each other better? We outdo each other, serving each other. We go hard every single time. And going hard doesn't necessarily mean big things. It just means, what can I do for you? Can I do something for you today? Are you thirsty? Do you, I'm going to the store. Do you want something to drink? Are you hungry today? Is it just, but if I'm always doing that to you and you always doing that to me, we never have a need. Because I'm always trying to meet your need and you always trying to meet my need. And we like, I'm, we all need it out right now. We good, right? Like, we're great. Um, I don't know if any of you are fans of The Office. Office is one of my favorite. One day, one day I walked home, my 15-year-old was watching, and I was like, there you go, kid. It's quality television. And there's this one episode where Dwight is trying to get everybody, he's trying to do favors for people so he can ask for a favor back. <laughs> he's like, you owe me one. You owe me one. You owe me one. He best around and ran up on Andy tried to do something for Andy, and he did it right back. Dwight was like, man, I don't know how to get this dude. So he did something else, and Andy did something right back. Dwight was like, Andy was like, we don't, that's not how we roll. You do stuff for me, right back. You're right back twice. And, I st- and as I was preparing, I thought, could you imagine how dope it would be if that was us? Not Dwight. <laughs> but just think about that. If, that's, if we was always trying to outdo each other, always trying to top each other and serving one another, not so we can get the big head, 
Not so we could walk around, somebody could be in the back like, look at that sister. She's serving this thing that I've never seen. No, no, no. And then so we could say, no, no, it's the Lord. <laughs> you know you're trying to be seen. No, no, no. Just this thing where I just want to do, can I do for you? And, 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 and I'll, I'll put this in there as well. What I, what I think is very important is this, is that we don't, and I, like I said before, full disclosure, I'm guilty. Church services, church work, whatever, however you serve, we serve, we can never allow it to be where we outdo each other more and we don't do that where we live. Our pastors are great people. You can't serve them more than you serve your husband. You can't serve them more than you serve your wife. You can't serve them more than you serve your children. You can't outdo here, running and running and going, and you get home and it's like, you know how to make a sandwich? Because I promise you, because of the way we love, if either one of them people whispered that they wanted something to eat, you'd be looking for something to eat. You would get in your car and you would drive to old Charlie's for that woman. Let's keep it frank, right? Let's keep it frank. And you would do that because you're like, I love her. But is that happening at home? Are we outdoing at home? Am I outdoing? And I told you, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not out. I'm guilty of, of serving more here than I serve at home. I'm guilty of not, because here's what happens. The only you got to get excited about serving. We're not excited about serving unless we think we're going to get some recognition. So I want to get better. I want to, I want to make, I want, I want to make you better. How do I do that? I'm going to outdo you. I'm going to outdo you. Every time I say, I'm going to outdo the gatekeepers. I'm going to pick up the paper off the floor. I'm going to get a box of tissue. I got it. No problem. No problem, because if when, once I do it, it becomes infectious, right? Then I'm outdoing you, you outdoing me. Before you know, you got 2,000 people outdoing each other. And then people walk in like, what is going on in here? And the first question you ask is, what do you need? What do you need? Like you're at the varsity, what do you have? What do you have? <laughs> or you had Chick-fil-A, which clearly, uh, clearly must have been built by Moses at some point in time, because they like, that's the Lord's place. Because, you know, I tell people all the time, I think about, let me, uh, this, is, this is a little bit off, but I think about that. You, you, let's do a comparison. I've been in multiple Chick-fil-A's, no, it's no matter where I go, no matter what, you know, what city in Georgia or wherever you may go, right? I've never walked into Chick-fil-A, and you may have had this experience. I never walked into a Chick-fil-A with attitude. I may have had one. They ain't have one. How are you today? It's my pleasure to serve you. Yes, will that be all? All right, Tony, large waffle fries. <laughs> you can go down the block to McDonald's. First of all, if they get to the register in 20 minutes, you're doing good. May I help the next guest, please? That's all. Thank you for coming. But that's what we do. We, 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 we think we Chick-fil-A, but we really McDonald's. In my head, I'm, 
but I'm really McDonald's. So let's, let, listen, find ways to outdo one another. Find, if it's your neighbor, how, how, take, uh, take your neighbor's trash can and I don't care, something, it's just, but we gotta figure out how to, this is how we get better. We make one another better because we outdo each other serving. It says outdo one another showing honor. Honor just doesn't mean the people that sit or stand up here. It's here. It's got to be horizontal here, not this way. So outdo one another. Outdo your brothers and sisters. When you see the need, do something for them. Do something. You know, maybe it's extravagant. Sometimes it can be extravagant. But that's how we outdo one another. We outdo one another, and that's how we make one another better, okay? Let's move on right quick. So here we go. Uh, point three, stir up one another. Hebrews 10.24 in the King, New King James says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. The New Living Translation says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And this is kind of connected to the, um, point number two. He, he, here's the thing, though. It's, it's motivation, right? But you can't motivate somebody by always speaking the truth in love. But what you're really doing is criticizing and judging. I'm, I'm like low-key judging you, criticizing you, condemning you, but I'm going to couch it with, well, I just, I'm just speaking the truth in love. No, no, no. See, we make each other better by motivating one another. Hey, you, hey, you did a good job. I appreciate your service. I appreciate what you do. Even if, even if the, the auxiliary ministry doesn't impact your life because you don't have a kid or a teen or whatever, hey, man, thank you for what you do. I appreciate what you do. You, you don't know how many times somebody could just need one point of encouragement. Just a little bit of motivation. Because what, I, what I'm doing is I'm not trying to hype you. I'm trying to stir you up to good works. I'm motivating you to continue doing a good job. I'm motivating you to continue to serve in the way you're serving. I'm motivating you to be better than you are because that helps. Then I become better. But if we just always say, good job, good job. Hey, you did a good job. Hey, nice, nice. You did all the time, all the time, all the time. This is all we're doing. We make each other. And I know we're saying, sound like a big hype party. It kind of is. I, sometimes I just got to hype you a little bit, like, yo, you killed that, you did it up. And it's like, thanks. Because, watch this, you may, you may see me, you may see someone singing or playing, and in your head you think, man, they got it, they doing it. But they may be struggling with their gift or their craft, and they think, I'm, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really that good at this. And they need just one person to come along and go, man, you, you did that. You, that was, you did a great job, and they just... All of a sudden, it's like, oh, I, okay, thank you. I can go back and do this. And it could come from an unlikely source. It doesn't have to always be some leader or something. But if you see it, and this is especially important with our children, um, parents, we got to motivate them. We, and then, I listen, I'm, you know, I, my youngest is 18, just turned 18 years old. It's hard motivating them sometimes. It's hard finding a thing to motivate them. But when you find it, you got to lock in on it. Hey, man, you did a good job. You get, instead of, we, 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 are so, we are very quick to, to um, talk back, to, to, talk, to talk of the bad things they did without talking of the good things that they did. And sometimes, you ha- sometimes as parents, you just have to ignore the bad thing just for a second and praise the good thing. Like, oh, that's a good job. You did a good job on that. We still got to work on this, but you did a good job on this. I'm motivating my kid. I'm motivating my kid. I want to motivate, my, if, if you're married, you want to motivate your spouse. Motivate your spouse. You, if, especially if you say, oh, we're going to change our eating habits, right? Say your spouse is a soda drinker. They just love soda. And then one day you go out and the spouse drink water. You know what our normal response is? Oh, snap, you got water? 
extra large Dr. Pepper, light ice, thank you. My response should be, good job, man, cool. You got some, all right, I see you, I see you. You, like, you, gotta, you gotta be the high, I see you, I see you, or whatever it is, you just be like, I see you, girl. You know, you see your wife, you know, she trying to do the workout thing and maybe she's not consistent. You're like, hey, girl, what's up? I see you. I see you working up to a value meal, I see you. You might be a side right now, but you working up to an entree, boy, I see you. And we motivate each other. We motivate. Um, Scott Washington is, he knows, I, I, don't, I don't know Scott. I think Scott knows he's a great artist, but maybe he doesn't. When I see Scott stuff, I'm like, yo, dude, and I'm not a sci-fi dude, but he be building some models. I'm like, dude, you are killing this right now. And that's my thing. That's my phrase is kill the game. Kill the game. And I'm, I want to be that person to always be like, yo, you're doing a great job. I appreciate you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Because, and I don't, you, I'm not doing it so people could do it back. But what happens is it goes out and it gets reciprocal. And there's no way that it doesn't come back, right? You know, employees use this a lot. They use, you know, incentives and bonuses and stuff like that to motivate you. Um, and just, you know, really just find the ways to do it. And it doesn't have to be big. Let's move on to point four really quickly. Okay, point four. Um, point four is be patient with one another. Um, this is Ephesians 4.2. Um, this is going to come out of the New Living Translation. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now, um, another translation uses the word tolerate. And or, or the, word, the word that they use is um, de- described as tolerate. And I'm not a big fan of tolerate. I just, some years ago, I just started thinking toleration has a breaking point. Like at some point in time, you used to be like, I'm not tolerating this no more. Oh, well, you know what we say, I ain't putting up with this. I'm not putting up with this. Oh, no. Oh, no, they got me. Oh, you got me twisted. Or what you're not going to do. <laughs> but that's when that toleration is like I've run out, right? Love don't run out. Love doesn't run out. Tolerance runs out. Love is what I do after I can't tolerate you no more. <laughs> When I don't completely just put you away from me. Um, and that's why I say, uh, when he's talking about, says be patient with each other. Yo, if there's not anything bigger than love that will make us make one another better, it's we got to be more patient with each other. Um, I'll say this, um, it's, of course, it have to do with parents and children and stuff like that. But I just thought about this too, y'all. I thought about this, Jay. We got to be more patient with young saints. When you got saved... Unless you just had the Super Bowl of Salvations, when you got saved, you struggled. You came into the sanctuary on a couple of Sundays crying like, oh, Lord, not again, not again. And if you got contact with an older saint and you trying to get them to help you walk through, we're not, we're not really patient all the time. We wonder, well, how come you ain't past that yet? You don't want your deliverance. You don't want God to use you mightily. You need to get off. I can't function like that. I just, I'm not asking you to condone me. I'm asking you to be patient with me. I'm asking you to remember, I'm not, is it, oh, I don't know if it's, is it Hawkins? I don't know, someone please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Yeah, please be patient with me. And that's, again, I'm not asking you to condone myself. I'm just saying be patient. That's how we make each other better. Because when I finally break through, when I finally mature, I get to say, I remember you walked with me. Thank you for that. Now I'm, now I'm equipped to walk with somebody else. 
I, I say all the time, parents, we got the worst amnesia. You forgot you were 17. You forgot. Bruh, you forgot when you was 15 and you could only think about one thing. But we condemn it, we condemn it, we condemn it. And I'm like, yo, we gotta stop. I'm not getting, let me, I'm going to say this again. I'm not saying we condone, but we got to stop with this impatience. Like, you, you need to do this right now. No, that was you one time. It was you one time who didn't know how to dress appropriately, sis. You, you, listen, everything was high and lifted up. And you knew you was cute. You knew you were cute. And you might have actually been legitimately cute. And you were looking for a certain kind of attention from men. And you dressed to advertise. And then you got sanctified. And you forgot that you used to be that one. And then you see it and you turn your nose up. I can't believe she came in with that tight dress on. Her stuff hanging all out. Oh. I'm just talking about being patient. That's how we make one another better. We, we make one another better by being patient. Like, I got to remember, you, you, and even if it's not my exact thing, I got to remember, it used to be me. Paul says something in Corinthians, he says, um, such was some of you. You used to be that. Remember that you used to be that. And remember, the patience you wanted, you got to deliver that patience. You can't be like, oh, I'm here now. No, no, no. Bro, come on, let me, let me holler at you. Because I, I, you know, what's up, dude? What's your name? Because I, you know, I'm not going to tell you, but in my hand, like, you know, you come, you smell like loud. When you come in the sanctuary and I get you broken through some stuff. See, I said loud, and half the room was like, what? <laughs> um, Mary Jane, marijuana, the weed. As Stephen A would say, the weed. You know what I'm saying? You like, but, I, but if you're coming, if you're coming, then I should be patient with you, because at least you're coming. Yeah. Okay? Um, I don't even know where I am. Okay, okay. So listen, very important with parents and kids. Um, parents, I mean, Parents, be patient with your kids because you used to be them. Kids, be patient with your parents because you ain't us. You don't know how hard it is raising you because you ain't raising you. We don't know everything, but we know more than you know. And watch this. If we're touching an area that you know we don't know, tell me. Mom, dad, grandma, auntie, that's not really how it works. And I might argue with you, but if you help me see it, like, oh, okay, all right. I still don't, I don't agree, but I see where you're coming from. We need you to be as patient with you as you want us to be with you. Be patient with your parents. Be like, okay, they don't, they don't get it right now. But, but if you help us, we can make one another better. Okay, good. All right, number four. This is the, I don't know, I thought I had five. Anyway, don't, don't worry about it. Um, I don't know where I am. Be patient for, okay. This is, this is the big one. This is the, the, the whole thing, right? Forgive one another. Colossians 3.13 in the New Living says this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone leaves out no one. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Apostle Scales talked about this offense. He talked about offense last Sunday, and he gave us some ways to, to, to talk about, to, get, to do a conflict resolution, right? 
This is the big one. Forgiving one another, is the, and I'm so glad we can land here. Um, here's one of the issues I know, because I've had it myself. We think that if I forgive you, that means you're not guilty. It's not what it means. My forgiveness doesn't absolve you of your guilt. It absolves me of my judgment of your guilt. And if I'm not judging you, I ain't got to watch you. I don't got to hold you hostage. I ain't got to be your, you don't, I don't have to be your prisoner. Because I, I've said, I let it go. I, I just said, you know what, Unless I'm not going to hold on to it. And by no, listen, I am not, would never stand in front of anybody and minimize anybody's pain, ever. That's horrid. And if that's ever happened to you, I'm sorry. I'm asking you to forgive whoever it was that minimized your pain. The truth is, though, as a believer, you don't have an option. You don't have the option. I, one thing I say all the time is this. I have, there's never been a crime committed against me that is anywhere near the level of my sin putting Jesus on the cross. It's never happened. So if he can forgive me for putting him on a cross, see, we, we, we 2,000 some odd years separated from that event, and we don't always think about it was us, it was me. I pounded the nails. I stuck the spear. I put that crown of thorn on you. I did that. My sin did that. And if he can forgive me, well, here's the thing. What's your name, bro? Mario, come help me for a second. What's your name, bro? Tim. Tim, Tim and Mario. All right, so I want to just give this quick illustration. Okay, so we can get out of here. Here's the thing about forgiveness that we, I think we maybe, it gets over here a little bit. Jesus said in no uncertain terms to the disciples, of whom which we are the descendants, right? If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. That's a pretty, that's a pretty hard statement. That's, that's deep. I'm like, wow. So here, but here's what we do. Mario is my unforgiveness. And I'm bound to my unforgiveness. I won't forgive Mario. Mario did me wrong. Like, he really, like, he did something bad to me. Not, I just think it's bad. Like, everybody's like, yo, I can't believe he did that to you, right? So I won't forgive Mario. This is God. If I don't forgive, I can't be forgiven, right? All right? Take me offense. Take me unforgiveness. Okay, right. So this is my unforgiveness, and I'm saying, but I'm sinning. God forgive me. God forgive me. God forgive me. I cannot receive forgiveness because I'm holding on to unforgiveness. So I could be walking 20 or 30 years asking God to forgive me for things that I'm not even forgiven for because I refuse to let Mario's crime go. Then I get slick and I say, hold on. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. So Forgiveness goes that way. Unforgiveness goes that way. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. No, you stay here because you hurt me. Forgive me, Lord. Now my life is torn apart. That's why we're struggling. Because we still haven't let go of unforgiveness. You, it, it's not partial. You can't sort of kind of forgive. You have to forgive. And then I say, God, forgive me. And now I got all the forgiveness I need. It's not half. And now this is how I get healed. I got healed because I let, because I I didn't just let go. I had to let go and turn my back on the crime. He's still guilty. 
but I let him go so I could get my forgiveness. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. Think about this for a second. You, thank you, gentlemen. Think about this for a second. Think about all the things that you've done, that you've asked God for forgiveness. And somebody said, did you ask God for forgiveness? Yes, well, God forgave you. But the question that didn't get asked is, do you still have somebody that's unforgiven in your life? Because if you do, if you do, I, I'm sorry to tell you this, you ain't forgiven. You're not. But here's the beauty of it. The minute I let go of that and I forgive, the forgiveness is retroactive. I don't have to turn and go find God. God is like right here. I was just waiting for you to let go. And as soon as I turn, boom, forgiveness. All of this stuff that I asked forgiveness for, all of these transgressions, all of this sin that I thought I was forgiven for, I was not because I had not forgiven someone else. That's not high theology. If you do not forgive, you cannot be forgiven. A, B, nothing in between. I thought about that some time ago, and I was like, oh, my God, if I'm not forgiven, I can't even, I can ask God, and he's like, well, you got that thing. God, forgive me, I sinned. You got that thing. And I, I feel good about myself. I, I, I repented. Yeah, but you still, you haven't forgiven. So what you asking me for, I literally cannot give you. So we're sitting in this room today. Some of you are sitting in the room today thinking, oh, snap, that's me. I never even thought about that before. I, didn't, I, didn't even, I, don't, mean, I don't even know if I knew that scripture was in the Bible. I, I do, but I didn't realize it like that. We're going to pray right quick. We're going to pray. If you feel like standing, please stand. Because you can't be walking in forgiveness and unforgiveness simultaneously. It is impossible to do. So we're going to pray right quick and because what's going to happen is you're going to be forgiven for real now. Like when you let go, you're forgiven because the, like the forgiveness is retroactive. It's your grandfather then. So we're going to pray right quick. Let's, let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you today for opening my eyes to the consequences of unforgiveness. And so today, by my faith, I forgive and I release every person that's ever done anything to hurt me in any kind of way. And now I receive your forgiveness for my trespasses and my transgressions. Thank you that today I am finally free. In your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was that simple. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.